And I think it's important to know that everyone's, yeah, like you said, a different stage of their journey. Everyone's learning the same lessons in different ways. Um, but I think the mental health conversation and to kind of swing it back around is just to understand that your problems are, are both individual and universal at the same time. Um, you're yep. dealing with your own shit and it doesn't, there's no point looking at someone else who's maybe struggling more or in a, in a worse place and going, Oh, they've got it worse. Sure. That perspective helps, but it doesn't mean you can't, you can't feel your feelings and, and, and accept that. Yeah, this does suck. And in this moment, I swear we are infinite. Let's do this. Come on. Mounting. Damn hot for a penguin to be just walking around. Three, two, one, eagle. Are these two doctors? I'm afraid so. And here we go. Welcome to episode six of the Vertus sure? Podcast, season two. I'm 100% sure that this is episode six. Uh, welcome. Today's episode, we're talking about mental health. Um, yeah. You're with, you're with Lachlan Wallace and Simon Cooper. Hello. How are you feeling, Lock? Uh, pretty good. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice walk this morning. Had a, uh, a beautiful meditation at the beach. Sun was shining, birds were singing. <clears throat> Bees were trying to have sex with them, as is my understanding. It was magical. <laughs> well, what could you ask for? That's a Bart Simpson quote. So, Good. so some of my best work. Speaking of quotes, we uh, we decided we're going to kick off this podcast with a quote. You know how very original of us, but this is a quote that, upon further examination, turns out it's misattributed. Misattributed is that you say it? Close mm-hmm. enough. Sure. Um, to, to Jim Carrey. Apparently he said something similar, but it wasn't actually his quote. But regardless, I'm claiming it that it was Jim Carrey because there were too many articles about the misattribution. Um, but this quote, I think, best articulates my personal view on mental health. And I think our view as a business on mental health. Uh, and I know you resonate with this pretty strongly as well. So, so we thought it would be important to, to kick this off with a quote. Um, and I guess before we, we dive into that, uh, I just want to preface this whole conversation saying that we are by no means experts. Um, if you want behavior change and strength and conditioning, then yes, we are experts in that. But the mental health space is uh, such a big rabbit hole. And I guess the we want to talk about these things to bring it to the surface and to allow people a little bit more uh, capability and capacity and openness in discussing this. But if anyone is struggling anyone have is having any issues call lifeline 13 11 14 24 7 crisis support um they exist so and this is their tagline i love it we exist so no person in australia has to face their darkest moments alone um so lean out lean on your friends lean on the people around you but lifeline beyond blue um these are the these are the places to uh, the people to talk to when, when things are tough. Uh, yeah. And I think this, this conversation that we're about to have is uh, based on our own experiences, 
conversations that we've had with people within our community, um, our own kind of anecdotal evidence, maybe. But we'll be sharing a couple of um, stories and yeah, our own experiences and maybe some strategies that can help you. But as Locke said, if you, if you need help, then there are resources and people out there who are, um, who are experts in this sort of thing and they exist for that reason. Yeah. And we don't want to undervalue those anecdotal experiences. Um, but we also want to want to know that there's a level, there's levels above, um, and, you know, head to your GP, get a mental health plan. You can get a bunch of sessions for free, go see a psych, all of those kind of things. Um, because it will help you feel, feel and do better. Um, but the quote, so I believe depression is legitimate, but I also believe that if you don't exercise, eat nutritious foods, get sunlight, get enough sleep, consume positive material and surround yourself with support, then you aren't giving yourself a fighting chance. That is, uh, misquoted Jim Carrey. Mm. So Simon, what do you think when you hear that quote? I think it's, it's pretty powerful. Uh, I think it's powerful because it's almost uh, a simple things that we can do to make ourselves feel better. Uh, like exercising, eating good food, going outside, uh, sleeping enough, being around positive people. These are things that are easy, easy things that we can do it and uh, we can do them daily. And we and they're all within our locus of control. That's, that's the biggest yes. takeaway for me. Um, yep. I, I think it's really important to, to know that depression and anxiety, these are chemical imbalances that many people have and many people struggle with. Um, we're not, it's not anyone's fault that that happens, but I think there's got to be a certain amount of ownership around mental health, around what you actually do with the, the part of that that's within your control. Um, you know, it's the, yep. it's the free will debate. Like if there's 1%, 0.1% of, of, of your actions that are not determined, predetermined, then it should be a non-conversation. It's yeah, sorry, non-conversation should be aware of it, but there's also like, let's lean into what we can control. Um, yeah. Otherwise it just, it gives something to, so, to blame. It gives something to pass the buck to. Um, I think taking ownership is one of the pillars or cornerstones to, to having a, a strong relationship with your mental health. Yeah. I think in health in general, right? Like definitely taking, taking responsibility and ownership of, of what you can do. And um, like, I think going back to this quote as well, the, there are things that are within your control that you can do, but I also love how it ends saying you need to give yourself a fighting chance. Um, and that, that implies that there are things that are outside of our control. But if we focus on the things that we can do daily, uh, the people that we can surround ourselves with, then that's going to put us in the best position that we can to move forward and, uh, and have a positive relationship with, with how we feel. Certainly. Um, and there's going to be lots of little battles along the way. There's, there's going to be good days and bad days and everything in between. Yeah. Um, but if we can lean on these things, you know, I, I think the most, you know, none of these are the most important, um, but the, the surrounding yourself with support is for my, like we spoke about it last week. And I guess this is the, 
the intentionality of these podcasts is they each kind of flow into the the next and you yeah. know the the energy generation conversation feeds directly into the mental health conversation as does the building resilience conversation so but really? the the people and place that we spoke about last week if you're surrounding yourself with people who are doing good things who are have a positive outlook on life you know the the optimist basket rather than the pessimist basket mm. there's no doubt that you're going to uh you know, feel those those same ways and, and repeat some of those feelings, and um, and you you know you begin to emphasize the positive things that can come out of each day rather than the you know the negative things, for example. And we all fall into the trap of of the, those negative frames of mind. But if people in place, if we have places we can go and people we can talk to who help promote these great things, then you know, that's going to be our, that's going to be our normal, not, not the other way around. Yep. Yep. I think, um, a lot of people that we've spoken to who have expressed, uh, difficulties with, with their mental health feel as though, uh, like the loneliness thing comes into it a lot and not feeling as though they have the people around them to support them. Certainly. Um, and, Loneliness, I actually did a little bit of research on loneliness and one in Australia, this was, this is research in 2018. Uh, one in five people express feelings of loneliness on a regular basis. On like that's, that's on like a weekly basis. That is, that's 20% of the whole population. <laughs> that's insane. It's wild. Um, yeah, I guess, at the moment, like I had a, I had a couple of tough mental health days um, mm. last week and a half ago. Um, yep. I, yeah, I just had a day where I was just, just sad. Um, like I didn't, like you know, a yeah. couple of days around it, I didn't want to get out of bed and and things like that. And I think that loneliness is what I was feeling. It's just I'm, just, you know, we spoke about it last week again. But the I'm such a people person a lot of the time, not having those. Uh, you know, conversations and hugs and high fives and handshakes yep. and things like that. Um, and to, to lean into the love languages to a self-awareness play, like my love language is physical touch, not having those, uh, those cuddles and high fives definitely impacted me more than I probably thought slash let on. Yep. Um, and I had that, that, you know, immense feeling of loneliness, mm for a couple of days and it was horrendous. And like, I've, you know, I've got the girls, Lucy and KP and, and Taco, um, yeah. So I have no reason to feel lonely, but not having those other layers of love and support that, you know, we build it with our community at Virtus and I've got with the the boys at footy and, you know, Mm. you know, the, the circles of of friends that we've all got. Um, yeah, Yeah, I definitely felt that. I think that's the thing you can still be lonely or experience feelings of loneliness, even though you are surrounded by people, you might be living with your, with a family of, of 10, but still yeah. feel lonely. Um, and it's more of like, uh, it's less, uh, quantity, maybe and more quality, like yeah. cultivating quality, genuine relationships in where you are fostering this connection. Um, that's more important than having being surrounded by people all the time 
And I think that's almost like a, maybe a misconception or a, um, a misnomer about having, uh, being surrounded by people. Facebook and, uh, (laughs) let's call it social medias. They're a perfect example of this. Like you can, on social media, you can have a thousand friends or followers and yet not cultivate meaningful relationships with anyone. And not actually connect with any of them properly. Yep. And so I think like this loneliness or um, disconnection is, it's like a public health issue. And it's something that we need to address and be aware of so that we can begin to cultivate these more meaningful relationships. Do you think it's propagated by social media? I think it is not the cause, but it is, uh, yes, facilitated by that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, yeah. Like, like anything, there's, there's ways we use it and ways we execute on it, which impacts our, yep. the outcomes we get. What are the things that you think people can do better? And people as in us, um, yes. what do you think we can do better to, to cultivate meaningful relationships on social media? And, and you know, the, to come, get, come back to that quote, and I think that might be a, something we come back to throughout this conversation, is the, the consuming positive material is such a big part of that. How can we use yeah. social media to cultivate those feelings of connection uh, and eliminate those feelings of disconnection? Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think this conversation around what comes up for me here is the conversation around social media is... Uh, like let's zoom in on the actual interactions between people rather than the influence of social media as a whole. Yep. The interactions between people, I think it's, I think social media needs to be viewed as a platform to connect because it has so much power and potential, right? Like we can, we can connect with anyone in the world if we wanted to. Um, yeah. The, the, the key is making that interaction something with substance um and i think uh look i I don't know the answer to this this is me just kind of why don't you know all the answers mate should know all the answers answers. well if only eh? but i think um connecting with people who have similar interests or worldviews enables us to foster connection and i'm not saying that we shouldn't connect with people who don't have different worldviews. I think that's also important, mm-hmm. but um, having something that people can bond over. Finding uh, commonality, even with people that disagree on you know, 90% of what you agree on. is Yeah. Important. Yep. And I, uh, and I think external social media conversation, I think if we, anyone in the world, we could sit down with and find commonality. If you had a conversation for yep. 20 minutes. Um, and that kind of leads into what I was, what I was going to say next, which is, going into it with an open mind and a sense of vulnerability, uh, which is difficult on social media because (laughs) being vulnerable opens you up to uh, criticism. Yes. But so, so this is why I think this is like a public health thing. It's like a, a social or a cultural issue where we need to facilitate this kind of change on a broader level. Um, and it does start with one person, like let's not underestimate what each of us can do, but we all need to kind of approach it in a little bit of a softer way and be vulnerable 
in how you interact with people, which requires a level of, level of bravery. Uh, in order for us to kind of sh- show each other empathy and and kindness. Definitely. Yeah. Having having the you know the the device in front of us and and not seeing the person impacts that ability to show empathy and to feel empathy. And I think the, you know, the word I I come back, I've come back to in my head about 20 times while we've been talking is just intention is being intentional about who you're talking to and what you're talking about. And if you're on social media for the sake of being on social media, be intentional about how long you're on or about what you actually look at. And, you know, the, the mind mindless scrolling, um, leaves us vulnerable to not the good kind of vulnerable, but it leaves us vulnerable to, you know, going down the rabbit holes of, of the negative uh, things, you know, mm-hmm. I've like, I'm sure everyone has had different elements of it throughout this time. Like I'm someone that doesn't usually spend a lot of time on things that I don't like to follow on social media. Um, my Instagram, for example, is heavily cultivated around, uh, you know, philosophy and strength conditioning and people doing good things. Um, but I found myself maybe three or four weeks ago, six weeks ago, kind of leaning into the um, you know, the anti-maskers, anti-maskers, and the uh, mm-hmm. and the coronavirus as a hoax, and the conspiracy theories, and purely from a because it interests me why people do what they do and why people believe what they believe. Yep. But I found myself like biting back on a few things, um, and I was genuinely like. I fell into that trap for a few days. Um, and I was kind of like, this isn't serving me. This is making me feel worse. Yep. I need to get, I need to get out of this. And you know, there, there were things that I did to cultivate the positivity and you know, I, it was all around intentionality. It was, yep. okay, there's these few people that I'm maybe butting heads with. That's not getting us anywhere. Um, no positive thing is coming from this. Let's unfollow these people. And then it was, you know, about a week and a half ago, I just removed Facebook from my phone. Um, it's not going to be gone forever. Um, it doesn't necessarily change anything, but it just changes the way I approach that social media bubble and how I'm feeling. Um, you know, my focus now is around what can I do um, to cultivate these positive feelings and you know, things like meditation and mindfulness and these kind of conversations and my journaling and my reading. And if I do go on social media, what am I actually paying attention to? These are the conversations I'm trying to have with myself to bring that back to, am I benefiting from this or am I not? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important being really deliberate in where you direct your energy. And this comes back to the energy generation conversation. Um, but yeah, being deliberate with with what we uh, surround, or let's say who we surround ourselves with, and where we what we expose ourselves to, is uh, a an effective way to cut out the negative negative things that are making us feel bad, <laughs> yep. and surrounding ourselves with more positive things which make us feel good, um, and good things make us feel good. So that's uh <laughs> yeah and I, and I think having the the capacity to and I wrote about it on on Instagram this morning um, yep. so and I think it's important that to use these platforms for positive things mm-hmm. like last week I shared 
I shared some, you know, I had kind of those tough couple of days I spoke about before I shared that um, because I think it's important to normalize these conversations. And the response I got was phenomenal. Um, I had a, you know, a, a big chunk of people reach out. Some I hadn't spoken to for a long time. Some I talked to really regularly. Um, this morning, I kind of posted almost like an update, like a here's a week later. Mm-hmm. And the two feelings were chalk and cheese. Like I genuinely remember feeling horrendous last week and meditating and, and you know, teared up a little bit and I was just sad. Um, this morning, I meditated after we went for a walk and joyously happy. Like is the the term I was using, like thinking about during the meditation, and I was just like, "Why am I happy?" And I'm like, "Well, the focus for last week's been around pulling myself out of that hole, but the the individual focus has been just cultivating an indifference to what which to that which is outside of my control. Um, it was okay. What can I do? What what can I not affect or or influence? Um, and I just focus on what I could do. And again. Tomorrow I might not feel like might not feel that joyous level of happiness that I felt today. But that's fine. All all the meditation was was just an observation of how I was feeling. Yep. Um, so I think cultivating one a focus um, around okay, what do I need to focus on to get me where I want to get to, and then two, being able to appreciate when you're in that mode. Um, the yep. I love the this too shall pass quote. Um, when things are magical, when things are going well, and like when you're feeling like I was this morning, and you know we had a great walk, and this will that'll pass. That feeling will pass. Um, it's in, it, that feeling is impermanent. As much as I would love to feel like th- that forever, I can't. It won't happen. Um, you know the, what I was feeling last week. Same deal. This too shall pass. Yep. Um, it's impermanent. So knowing that and a quote a quote or a part of a poem by Rainier Maria Rilke that I love is no feeling is final. Keep going. Yeah. Which, you know, eventually a feeling will be final, but you'll be dead and it won't matter. So, <laughs> but yeah. I love that. I love the, the, the idea around impermanence and this too shall pass and no feeling is final. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think that, um, and like you touched on a good point, it applies to good feelings as well as, or positive feelings as well as negative emotions. Um, and maybe a lot of people who experience mental health challenges feel as though it will, that this feeling won't stop. Um, and that can be kind of amplified by a feeling of overwhelm because there's so many things outside of their control. Yep. So like you said, having a focus, um, something where you can direct your energy toward is really important. Uh, and then coming back to that, like loneliness thing, connecting yourself to a community, um, connecting yourself to other people who can kind of pull you out of that hole or can help pull you out of that hole in the right direction. Why do you think that's so important? And, and obviously, you know, it's, that's a loaded question because we talk about community so often. It's something that we are, you know, it's almost our number one value advertis and it's the thing we're trying to cultivate around, but also, you know, amongst and on top of everything else is, is a community of people that care for each other and, and, um, and love each other. And, you know, so that everyone has a place where they can love and be loved. Why do you think that's so important? And obviously diving into the, to the loneliness um, research that you did 
um, the other week mm. was based around um, you know our intention as a business, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. To give some context, I was doing research and trying to kind of nail down exactly what we were trying to do at Virtus. Like, yes, we are a uh, a gym, um, but like, what what problem are we trying to solve? Not just for our members, but for community and society as a whole and loneliness and uh, disconnection was one of the things that I came to uh, and community is almost like the the whole is greater than the sum of its parts when people come together then f- positive feelings uh, positive experiences are just amplified I think and I think there's like a, maybe like a sense of magic in that, that can't really, Ooh. I don't know if it can, I can explain it or I probably can't articulate it. Here's a quote for you. Happiness is the only thing that doubles when shared. Good. Yes. Yeah. Put and that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I think it's just people, I think, it, I think it's, this is the thing. People who come together knowing that uh, like they're creating value for other people. The, they might come in for not, not selfish reasons, but because they want to be a part of something. But then as they kind of integrate into the community, it becomes less about them and more about the tribe. Yes. It becomes like a, yeah, like a, a joint feeling of connection and, and happiness that they're contributing to. Definitely. I think the, you know, the idea around find a place where people care more about your goals than theirs. Like inherently you go, Oh, well, like, why would I do that? But once you're in it and you realize that, okay, well these hundred people give a shit, really give a shit about what I want to achieve and how I feel and what I'm doing. You know, that that's an immensely more powerful uh, route to take than if you went, okay, I'm just going to focus on my goals um, yes. because you end up with all the momentum of all these people behind you. So the, the motivation conversation is irrelevant. The um, dedication and commitment uh, conversation is irrelevant and the, the suffering uh, discipline conversation is irrelevant because you just want to surround yourself with these people who genuinely give a fuck about what you're doing and how you are and where you want to get to. Um, so that all of those negative feelings are counteracted. They're not, they're not eliminated because they're still going to be there, but they're counteracted when you show up at 10 to six and there's 15 people that want to see you do good things. There's yes. it's cultivated by, you know, knowing that you're going to have bad days and there's going to be people who train at the same time as you or people in your groups or the coaches around you that are going to pick you up on those days and knowing that that's okay because there's going to be days when you're feeling top of the world where you can help the others get up. And it's almost this like faultless system of, of momentum giving that creates a, a snowball effect, um, amongst the community of people just wanting to contribute and people wanting to, to do good things. And I think everyone, whether you know it or not, everyone wants to be a part of a community. Um, Agree. If you don't necessarily feel that way, then maybe you haven't found the right community or maybe you haven't lent into your community because I think the most important part of 
community um, and whether it's you know a tribe a couple of thousand years ago or whether it's a a small group that's centered around a common ideal at the moment um, it's all around how can I contribute to these people knowing that indirectly that'll come back to me and you don't do it because it'll come back to you but yep. um, self like there needs to be selfish reasons for doing things but yeah. you know you know there's a there's a book by Peter Singer that talks about like is there such thing as um, as true it might be true philanthropy or like true giving because obviously there's a selfish uh, reason for doing everything I don't think it matters um, personally because if I'm doing something for someone else because it makes me feel good then that's like double win yeah and I think that's what a community is in in a nutshell yeah yeah um, that's really cool and a few things just came up for me there one is around the momentum conversation and something that we use in our uh, team at Virtus quite often is uh, is the quote or the, the saying that the best way to build momentum for yourself is to give it to others. And I think that's super, I think that's true. And if you are uh, like, I also think that inherently we want to help people. We want to help others. Like, I think it's almost like inbuilt into our DNA that we want to contribute to the tribe. Um, And if we don't, then like it's a survival thing. Um, If we don't contribute, then we're going to be cast out of the tribe and our chances of survival is is zero. So I I think that's true. Um, Well, from an, I'm listening to Sapiens for the 20th time at the moment. And from an evolutionary perspective, it is completely true because if we don't contribute or if we're more disagreeable, then there's less, we're less likely to be a part of that tribe, wherever, whichever part of the world is, which means we're more likely to be cast out and we're more likely to be uh, eaten by a lion or, you know, die of starvation or, or be, you know, whatever it may be. So those attributes um, the people that were more like that, those uh, predispositions are more likely to have died out over the, like, the last, yeah. how, how long has <laughs> the earth been a thing? 6,000 years, is that right? Oh, less maybe. I don't know. I, don't know. I haven't read that book for a while. Not an archaeologist, um, you know. <laughs> so whatever, like the, over the hundreds of thousands of years of evolution of, uh, of the evolution of the Homo sapien, mm-hmm. the, those traits are the disagreeable, the, not wanting to be a part of a community, those have died out in, yep. in different ways. And yes, they come up in selfishness and things like that. Yep. Um, well, that's like the next part, the being selfish uh, guarantees our survival. And brilliant. so, well, again, like <laughs> if we look after ourselves, then we will survive. Um, and so, yeah, like what you said about that philanthropy quote by Peter Singer is, I think that's, uh, got a, maybe a grain of truth to it as well that inherently we all want, even maybe subconsciously, we want to look after ourselves first. We want to put our own um, face mask on before we put on others. Yes. Um, but from a, how do we move forward? How do we improve the way we live and, and how do we, and things like that? Then it's, um, well, once my face mask is on, once my oxygen mask is on, how do I look after other people? Yes. 
And then it goes um, into like generosity and how we can help serve others and serve the tribe. Um, Definitely. And um, the, the last thing that came up from before was um, closing off that kind of social media loop is that communities, we, we have the opportunity now uh, to build communities that are digital or remote. Mm. Um, and they can still be just as powerful as in person. Definitely. Um, and like we, we have the challenge now to try to make those interactions meaningful and try to build these uh, communities in a different way. Yeah. And, and that's the, the power and beauty of something like social media is that we're able to cultivate uh, those relationships virtually. Like we've got people that we look up to in different parts of the world that we've never met, but we feel as though we could have conversations with them. And, you know, we have even talked about traveling to the other side of the world to go and meet them um, because we connected on social media because we had a, a common interest or a, uh, a single person connection or, or whatever. And I think the yep. capacity for that, for us to decentralize our, or what social media has done over the last, how long has Facebook been around? 2007 or something? 2011? Mm. Those are two right. very different years. Who knows? It's not important. Um, what the changes it's made has allowed that decentralized connect interconnectedness in the world happen. Yep. But I think there's two parts of that. One is how cool is that? How beneficial and and um, yeah, how beneficial can that be? But then there's also the well, how much will it make us go back to community? Um, and I think that's our next, the next step of you know whether it be business or whether it be. Um, mm evolution or whatever you want to use but i think that our us focusing and leaning into community over the next 15 20 years will be um and almost going back to the tribe mentality with an understanding that each tribe is connected on ways that we never would have been throughout history yeah definitely yeah it's it's exciting times um let's let's shift a little bit and talk about uh, how to cultivate positive mental resources. Um, and we've spoken about this a little bit in other podcasts, things like uh, gratitude and hope and um, self-efficacy. Uh, in, in my Power of Change workshop, I talk about a concept called psychological capital, which consists of four main uh, elements, let's call them. And the elements, um, you can remember them with the, uh, what do you call it? Um, each of the elements spell out hero. An so, acronym? Acronym. <laughs> I just said, my brain, my brain just did not work for a second there. Welcome to episode three of the podcast. <laughs> An acronym uh, spells out hero. And that stands for H is hope. E is efficacy or self-efficacy, R is resilience, and O is optimism. And 
if we can cultivate these positive mental resources, then that allows us to uh, be, well, the, the concept comes from organizational an organizational context. So it kind of relates to job satisfaction and um, effectiveness, but I think it can easily be translated to personal well-being. Um, so, so do you have any sort of strategies in mind that, that can help us cultivate these mental resources? I do. And I think, I think mental health comes back to a lot about how you feel about yourself. Um, there's obviously how you feel about the world. And I think the, um, I, I made a thing the other, the other week and I don't have it in front of me, but it was around circles of influence. Um, and there's like six circles of influence. There's like uh, universal, there's national, there's um, state, there's local, there's community, there's family and friends, and then there's you. And the only one you really have any influence over is yourself. There's the circle around you that you can have some sort of influence over, but ultimately it doesn't really exist. So to take the how you feel about the world conversation away, knowing you can't fucking do anything about it, um, oh, you've got it up. Good from you. For those um, on YouTube, uh, you can now see the six rounds <coughs> of influence. Um, so I made this when I was going into that kind of deep, dark hole of conspiracies and, and people not doing the right thing and uh, people complaining about masks and things. Th those, th I, was being very, I was very frustrated by that. But this is kind of like one of the things that I created um, to help me cultivate a thought process around well, why am I feeling this way and what can I do about it? And if we understand these circles of influence then the focus is on the self and a big part of self is, is being able to depend on yourself. Um, it's the, it's the integrity definition that, that Greg loves. And I, I also prescribe to it is that integrity is doing what you said you would do when you said you would do it, which basically means that if I say I'm going to go for a run and I go for a run, then I'm going to feel wonderful about myself and I'm going to, that's kind of a, a vote towards the person I want to be. I want to be dependable to everyone else, but I need to be dependable for me first. If I say I'm going to get up at 6am and, and I get up at 6.30 or if I sleep until 11, then I'm going to feel very differently about myself. Um, of course, there's the balance that we need to find between self-care um, and discipline. Um, but I think that they... I think that they support each other and a quote that I saved yesterday that it rocked me when I read it um, is we reward our good behavior with bad behavior and wonder why we don't make progress. So we do something really good and then we, we justify why we can take the foot off the pedal. Um, like we, we might go for a run and go, Oh sweet. I can eat something shitty now. And, or we might go, Oh, sweet. I went for a run yesterday. I don't have to go for a run today. Um, so I think the, you know, and it's a quote that we've repeated a bunch, but it's the hard decisions, easy life, easy decisions, hard life. Yeah. If we can continually show up more often than not, and yeah, there's a time to rest and a time to eat the fucking block of chocolate. And there's a time to Netflix binge. Yep. But if the majority of the time we can show up and know what we're going to get from ourselves, um, then we are ultimately going to have a stronger, more resilient uh, view of our own mental and physical health so that 
when things are tough, we have the tools to break ourselves out of the negative headspace and to work work out of it. And yes, you know, the tools as in you know, meditation or journaling or podcasting or talking to people or yeah. you know, or exercise or whatever they may be, everyone's gonna have their own box of tools they can use. Um, but I think the f- what allows you to have a bigger toolbox maybe is just the the discipline to do what you said you would do. Um, and it's not an easy answer. It's almost like the hard, the hard route, but it's sure. the, the one that gives you the most, um, it pays you back the most in interest in compound interest down the track. There's nothing I like more than seeing Jocko Willing post his fucking watch at four thirty <laughs> his time every fucking day on Instagram and on Twitter. Like yeah. it's, it's amazing how often, and again, this is just a, uh, this is just, um, cognitive bias that I link it to when I should be going to bed. But every now and again, when I'm like, I really should go to bed and I jump on Twitter, I see his fucking watch and it's sitting there right in front of me. I'm like, this guy's getting up at 4.30 every morning and getting after it. Yeah. What am I missing? And he's not, spe- like, he's not special in the fact that he, his brain's wired differently so that oh, maybe, no. maybe he's... Maybe he's is, but no, no but he's, he's not special in the fact that he can do that. He just does it because that's what he does. And that's the, the uh, contract he's made with himself. And I guarantee you, he goes through ups and downs like everyone else. I guarantee he doesn't want to get up. Like, you know, I opened a gym because I love the gym, right? The last thing I want to do most days is train. The last thing I want to do most days is meditate. The last things I want to do, thing I want to do most days is go for a run. But I know inherently, and I'm sure everyone knows this, that when you do the things you said you would do, you feel better about yourself. And that, you know, it's not an easy answer, like I said, but it's the most powerful thing to taking control of your mental health. Um, and yep. the, when I need, like, for example, there's a lot of people on medication for different mental health issues. A part of showing up might be, I don't want to take my medication today, but I know it makes me feel better. I need to do it. It doesn't have to be a, a sweaty um, hour long kettlebell session or, or run. The hard thing, the hard thing can be sitting for 10 minutes in, in a meditative state yeah. and relaxing. The hard thing can be taking a meditation. The hard thing can be reaching out to a GP and going, I need help with my mental health. It can be texting a friend and saying, hey, I'm not doing so great. Can we have a chat? The hard thing doesn't have to be uh, physically painful. Yeah. Um, the hard thing can be as simple as sitting down and, and you know writing a page in your journal. It doesn't matter what it is. I guess what I'm trying to say is that we can build it up as this big mountain to, to tackle, um, but all you've got to do is start moving. No one feels worse once they've finished meditating. No one feels worse once they've taken their medication, depending on medication. No one feels worse once they've reached out to their GP. No one feels worse once they've done the training session. It's just around convincing ourselves to do it yeah and i know it's, i know i talked a lot there but unpack that for me yeah there's, there's a bit to unpack there uh some of the things that came up for me were the, the conversation around systems and we talk about that in the systems for success podcast episode uh where you, you create the systems in your life that you can default back to when you feel in the dumps when you feel bad um and these are the, the habits that you cultivate uh, and the 
the things that you put in place to, to make yourself feel good. Um, and if we can make that our default set of behaviors, then uh, that's kind of half the battle a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, like I'm on a quote train today, but James <laughs> clear, we, we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. Yep. These like, you know, to use Jocko as, a, as an example, the bloke gets up at six at four thirty every morning and does his thing. The, he knows that that's what he does. He, everyone else knows that's what he does. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't do it for social media, but the, knowing that he's going to post his watch at 4.30 probably gives him that little nudge to get up some days. Yep. That's um, it. So he's created a, a system of accountability that that exactly. makes him do the thing. Exactly. Um, like I post my journal on social media relatively regularly. I post my step streak relatively regularly. Um, what I've been cultivating lately is my meditation streak. Like I'm trying to I intentionally post it on social media. Mm-hmm. Not part of part of its validation like i go hey i yeah. did this thing check it out how fucking awesome am i but yeah. most of it's just well if more people know that i have a journaling a uh, meditation and a steps habit that i'm cultivating more people know that you know the day where i'm on four thousand steps at seven o'clock at night uh, and we're in lockdown and i've got an hour to go for a walk those days i go well, fuck i better go for a walk at seven o'clock <laughs> yeah like, or I'd better sit down and and meditate, or I'd I'd better write my journal. Um, yep. That they're systems, and yep. you know it's like a contract with like a contract with ourselves that I yeah. think we can all cultivate. We've just got to figure out, okay, what's something that I know I can do now, then show up and do it for thirty to fifty days, then add something on top of it, and then it's just yep. a consistent thing. And every, every person's system is going to be different. Um, every person's self-care routine is going to be different. And I think that's important as well to, to state that like it's all relative. Uh, what one person posts on social media is, well, A, it's just a snapshot of uh, their life and it's something that they want to show you. Like you said, it's like a validation thing. But also they're, a different, they're in a different stage of their journey they have gone through uh maybe they've gone through the same challenges at a different time in their life maybe they're going through yeah. completely different challenges but it's all relative and the the comparison trap is something that we haven't spoken about but that's again one of the social media uh, uh detriments or ne- negative things but i think that's maybe another conversation um, yeah, I think the important part of that is to know that no one, everyone is, oh, what's the quote? Actually, keep talking. I'm going to find the quote. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so everyone's, everyone's routine is going to be different and being kind to yourself and having a level of self-awareness and knowing what you need is uh, the other side to that. Sometimes you mentioned before that sometimes you need a, need to have a, block of chocolate and sit in, sit in front of Netflix. And sometimes that's, that is a perfectly healthy uh, behavior or response to what you're going through. Um, it's not a maybe sustainable thing that you should defer to every time you feel bad because 
if we if that becomes our default system then before long we are turning to that every time we feel a negative emotion habits are just systems um we talk about systems a lot systems and habits interchangeable so um here's the here's the quote in terms of the comparison trap um and i screenshot way too much stuff on my phone i've just realized i've just scrolled back through 700 photos it's like three days um we're prone to assuming brilliance and organization in others but we keep our own chaos in intimate focus we don't realize that our chaos is universal everyone is just throwing shit at a wall and hoping it sticks like the imposter syndrome um is such an important thing to understand is that you know I, some people look at my life or what I do with Virtus and things like that and say, well, like everything's going so well or you've got your shit together or whatever. I doubt what we're doing at Virtus and I doubt what I'm doing personally every single day. Mm-hmm. And that's, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I think it's important for everyone to understand that the people who you put on the, on your pedestal, um, you know, the, People I look up to locally, when we dive into it and talk about how they're going, they're they're trying to figure out just like everyone else is. Um, and I think it's important to know that everyone's, yeah, like you said, a different stage of their journey. Everyone's learning the same lessons in different ways. Um, but I think the mental health conversation and to kind of swing it back around is just to understand that your problems are are both individual and universal at the same time. Um, you're yep. dealing with your own shit and it doesn't, there's no point looking at someone else who's maybe struggling more or in a, in a worse place and going, Oh, they've got it worse. Sure. That perspective helps, but it doesn't mean you can't, you can't feel your feelings and, and, and accept that. Yeah, this does suck. Yes. And, th- and that's, that's another thing worth saying is that it's okay to not feel okay. And I know that's like a, maybe a a a phrase that's thrown about around quite a bit now, but uh, negative emotions are normal. I don't think that, I think having a, uh, a negative relationship with negative emotions isn't a good thing. (laughs) Like we need to know, no one understand that negative emotions are normal. Everyone feels them. We all Mm -hmm. feel sadness and anger and jealousy and, um, and to a sense loneliness, uh, the key, I think, and this is my own personal experience because I am, I think I am someone who almost rejects negative emotions a bit. Like I, I give the facade that everything's okay when, uh, I need to maybe express myself a little bit more. Um, but I think the key is just to have the self-awareness to, to recognize what you're feeling recognize that it's okay to feel that way uh, to exp- and express yourself the way that you need to, and then bring yourself back around to the, to cultivating those positive emotions. Um, whether that's then connecting yourself with other people or sharing with someone, whether it's going for a, a long walk or sitting in meditating, just standing out in the sun and taking a big breath. Just get uh, your mate Marie Kondo. Is that, is that her name? ask what brings you joy does it yeah (laughs) does it bring you joy it's like it's it's a um we did a connection and mindfulness session with a bunch Mm -hmm. of the family the other week and the finishing thing was what are the 
20 things you're grateful for, um, just write them down and stick it on the fridge. So when you are feeling those negative feelings, feel them, but then know that there's a way out of that hole, um, not necessarily always a hole, but there's a way out of that hole by looking or paying attention to what you do love, what you do appreciate, what you are grateful for. Um, so in terms of a, for, for anyone that feels like they they don't know where to start, um, I have two suggestions for you. One suggestion one is writing a list of all the things you love to do slash are grateful for um, and do everything you can to fill your days with those things. Um, second thing is find someone who you look up to um, and go, what do you do for X? What do you do to cultivate mindfulness? What do you do to feel better? What do you do to... Um, to shift away from the negativity on social media. Because again, everyone, like Coop said before, everyone's got their own practices. Everyone's got their own uh, way they deal with their mental health. But if you don't have uh, the, the practices currently, steal someone else's um, schedule and then tweak it as you go to fit yourself. Um, mm. you know, the, a really simple, and it's just going to sit right in front of me, but a really simple example I come back to is my journaling practice is I tried 50 things before I kind of cultivated a, a way that worked. You've got one that's completely different to mine, yeah. um, but they both work for us. And I, I'm sure if anyone wanted to cultivate a journaling practice, they could start with yours on mine and they'd end up somewhere in the middle or somewhere that's, you know, got mixes of both. Um, and, you know, it's almost like the, the best business advice is find someone who's doing what you want to do and go learn off them. It's the same thing from a physical health point of view. It's the same thing from a mental health point of view. Yes, you're going to be different. Yes, you're going to have your own. There's going to be nuance in how you look after yourself, but um, you'll learn more by going that way than going, I've got to do this, do this on my own. I've got to cultivate this on my own. Um, Yep. That's awesome. Come join the first family. We'll help. I promise. Yes. Um, that might be a cool way to finish. Um, Before we do finish, um, yep. there are we have talked about this conversation. This is like there's no way we can touch on everything mental health in a thousand episodes of this, this podcast. So yeah, it's a big conversation. Um, yeah. So to reiterate, always said at the start, Lifeline Australia, thirteen, eleven, fourteen um, is the number. Beyond Blue, lean into it. There's an immense amount of resources. Um, we talked about this in with some, you know, Pulsey in around episode 100 with Pulsey and Rick Mirabella. We talked about uh, mental health from um, from Moo's own experiences, um, which is incredibly valuable to just to hear him be vulnerable enough to talk about his experiences. Um, love that man. He's a king. Uh, Tommy Curtis and I talked about Are You Okay Day 100 episodes ago, but it's there and I think it's a really valuable episode. So uh, there's lots of resources here, but there's an immense amount of resources out there. Yeah, it's worth, it's worth, um, and uh, I agree, those podcasts are awesome. And um, one of the other sort of projects that we did during the current pandemic is was our marathon for mental health. Uh, oh, yeah. Which we, which we did in May. Uh, we ran 42 kilometers. We stopped at around 10 different cafes uh, and coffee spots and interviewed a bunch of amazing people who have had experiences with mental health. Um, 
and we, I guess we're still in the process of putting together that video. Uh, it's a, it's a big project. I'll do it at some point. Yes. But, um, what, what, what I realized from that is there are so many people that want to contribute and so many people that want to help. Like in a time where finances were, uh, the financial situation was tough for a lot of people that didn't know what was happening. We raised, I think, 5K in, you know, on like oh. 10, day, 10 days planning. Yeah, um, <laughs> was amazing. And it was, it was immense. So, you know, yep. there's, everyone is going through something. Um, everyone suffers. I think it helps to know that. But I think the yep. most important thing is that there's people there for you and our community exists to promote love and care and get people strong as fuck in the meantime. Um, and yeah, all you've got to do is lean on the people around you and you know, the help is there. So yep. don't ever feel like you are alone. Yeah. And the last thing that I want to say is, is maybe a call to action for everyone. And that's to reach out to reach out to your friends. Um, ask them how they are and ask them from a genuine place. That is uh, because I know that you all truly care about your friends um, and asking how they are and asking how they truly are and using empathy to, to understand where they're coming from um, and engage in a conversation around this is just going to move us all forward in a positive way. Um, and be kind to yourselves. Give yourselves a, a bit of love. Or yeah. we will. <laughs> oh, can't wait for cuddles. Uh, next week, what are we talking about? Next week, episode seven, we are talking, well, we're going to talk about community and accountability. We are touching on community quite a lot here. Uh, it's, it's almost but, as if we pre-planned these 10 episodes to flow into it, one another. It's, it's that, is, that is bizarre. It's like the river of life. Okay. <laughs> a man never sta- stands in the same river twice because, or he's not the same man and he's not the same river or he's swimming and he's not standing <laughs> see you next week team sorry for that awful joke <laughs> catch ya <laughs>